Welcome, this is the Sales IQ Podcast. My name is Luigi Prestoninzi, and I'm on a mission to help salespeople be the best sales professionals they can be. Each week, we'll bring you a different message from thought leaders from around the globe, so we can help you master the art of selling. Sales is the best profession in the world. Now, that is my opinion, and I'm pretty fortunate that I found my passion early, that I found my calling pretty early. I'm also pretty lucky because school was not, was not a highlight of my life. I struggled in school, but I was able to be quite successful in sales. Now, my journey is far from over. I'm still learning every single day. But in my opinion, it is the best profession in the world, but it can also be a brutal profession. There's an emotional ride that comes with sales. And for anybody that's been in sales for a couple of years, even even if you're new to sales, you realize that there is a level of emotion that can get damaged. People don't call you back. They ignore your emails. Even when you've built a great relationship, you've got to the point of proposal, you think you're almost there, they start ghosting you. You start questioning yourself. And look, for some, it can really burn people out. Even high performers, they continue to push themselves. There's no limit to what you can achieve in sales. You're literally, it's a what's possible. It's a blue ocean. We live in a world of abundance. There's incredible opportunity out there if you want to make it happen in sales. But how do you deal with that emotional ride? How do you deal with the challenges that come in sales? And that's what this week's episode's all about. And we talked to Michelle Hecht, who spent a number of years working as a sales professional across a few industries, but the pharmaceutical industry, where it was out there building relationships, experience the peaks and troughs that come with the world of selling. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how do you build that level of resilience? How do you kind of build that armor that stops you from getting to that point of, oh no, and what do you do when you get there? Because look, I can't talk from others, but I can talk from my own experience. And I have got, though, at that point, that oh fuck point a few times in my career. And it's not enjoyable. But I tell you what, there's an incredible learning that comes from when you get to that point of, you know, what do I do next? This episode is brought to you by Vidyard, Vidyard. the online video tool for sales professionals. Vidyard makes it easy for sales teams to turn text-based emails into personal video messages and will help you engage with your prospects and create an incredible buying experience for them, which will ultimately help you reach your pipeline and revenue goals. So do yourself a favor, get to vidyard.com, sign up and start using video in your sales process. So this is a great episode for every sales professional should really get into it because again, if you're doing this or you, you want to do this as a career, there's going to be highs, there's going to be lows. It's easier to ride the wave when you're up top. The opportunity is how do you build and grow when you hit that, that, those real challenging moments? So enjoy this episode. There's a lot to learn to help you be the very best sales professional you can be. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, awesome. I'm really excited. Come with a, a deep level of thinking when it comes to that emotional intelligence and self-awareness when it comes to, to sales. And I'm really excited about diving deep into, you know, what sellers can do 
to build that emotional resilience through the roller coaster that is the world of selling. But before we get into that topic, uh, we'd love to learn a bit about you know you and how you started in the world of sales. That's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> my my journey started way way back, probably freshman year of college. I thought I had it all planned out. I was pre-law. I was interning with law firms every year. I was studying my LSATs. I wanted to go to law school. And um, I took a part-time job just about going into my freshman year of college. I took a part-time job working in a, uh, a health club, a fitness club, selling memberships. And, and what started out as a part-time job for beer money <laughs> became a seven and a half year stint that uh, all through four years of college and then three and a half years after college. And I never went to law school and I changed my mind. I yep. never realized I would enjoy it and, and be good at it. And yeah, it had a big impact on me. And so that was it. From that point on, it's been over 20 years. Wow. And you found yeah. your passion. You really found something that you were, yeah. I never expected it, even though my father, my grandfather, you know, people in my family. I just never expected it for me. I thought I had it all figured out. Yeah. And there's a, there's a saying like, you know, we plan things and then like God laughs at us. <laughs> so that, that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. And so you've spent your life in a variety of different roles across, yeah. you know, a, a few different sectors. Um, you know, you achieved pretty remarkable results in the roles that you're in you, and you had Thank some you. months where you know, you had some challenging months, right? Um, I think what's been really interesting over the past 12 months is a lot of sellers have found themselves in a position of, um, you know, a position of what do I do? <laughs> you know, deals are just falling off the table. Um, some have peaked, but a lot of people have found themselves at a point of struggle, not just whether it's a sales number, but just with the surroundings, working from home and all that sort of stuff, right? Um, I know one of the things that you focus a lot on is that emotional resilience and, you know, building, I suppose, like the, the some strategies to work through challenges. Um, tell us about a time where you had something that was quite challenging from a, from a work front and why you decided to make, you know, emotional intelligence a kind of a, a focus for yourself. That's a great question. Thank you. So there are multiple examples I could give you, but I guess one that one that stands out the most is probably my, I was in the pharmaceutical industry for over 17 years yeah. in, a, in a sales role. And, and part of my role, which I took on voluntarily was coaching and training and I really wanted to get into learning and development, but the industry was very well known for layoffs, restructuring, you know, there was just very, yeah. very volatile, right? So in 2019, my company went through a big layoff and uh, like over a third, almost half of the sales force was laid off. Wow. And so because I was in the industry and that's all I knew and I loved it or, or so I thought, that layoff for me was like the, the tip of the iceberg because I always went back to it. If there was a layoff or restructuring, whatever. And it, it clicked for me. And mm. I think that even though it clicked for me, you know, how people use the term like buyer's remorse. Yeah. <laughs> I 
I thought I was going to move ahead, full steam ahead and like finally do something different. And I started getting that remorse, like, how dare I? How could I even think of that? Look, look what I'd be walking away from. You know, there was mm-hmm. guilt. There was so many emotions going on. But in the beginning of 2019, I, I really, my, I changed my mindset. And that's where the emotional resilience came into play. Yeah. So maybe this example is not one specifically that I had to use on the job. But I think that people can identify with it because we as sales professionals have to make decisions at the, the drop of a coin, mm-hmm. right? You, like we have to be able to think on our feet. And a lot of sales professionals overthink because it's so easy to just not be satisfied with one decision. We're always like wondering, could we have done mm-hmm. it better? Could we have done something different? Could we have tried something else? Like that's just how we think because if, if something doesn't go as planned, we, we beat ourselves up over it. And, yeah. um, but back in 2019, I had to make some very difficult decisions to walk away from the industry and have enough confidence in myself and enough, you know, I just have to, I had to continue to be motivated and yeah. have enough belief in myself to, to persevere. And that's something that I think a lot of sales professionals struggle with. Mm. And so you came to that point of, of your life where it's been a bit of a pivot, right? It's where you made a, a major change. Um, were, there, were there circumstances during your career where you had that, you know, because I think the, big, the biggest challenge that sellers that I found, you know, I've been a sales professional pretty much my whole life. And, and one of the biggest challenges that I find emotionally to cope with is that it, it can be quite a roller coaster ride, right? Like you're hitting it hard, you're hitting a number, you're 120, 150, 200%. Then the next quarter, it's kind of like, man, I've got to start this again, right? And then I'm, I'm, I'm fatigued and, you know, I'm lacking that energy and drive and motivation um, and I've got to pick myself up, right? And it's not, as if, it's not as if I can afford not to pick myself up because my job's riding on it. Yeah. Did you experience moments where you hit target one month, one quarter, and then you had those troughs where you really had to consider what, your emotional state and how did you kind of pull yourself out of that? You know, I'm glad you brought this up because when we're in, when, when, when we're in sales positions that have heavy quotas, you know, sales goals, and there's a heavy, there's a heavy focus on metrics, right? There are lots of people that don't mind that, that type of, you know, Mm. pressure, right? They, they thrive off of it. They like competition. I've always been very competitive. I love to win. I like, like, I mean, that's, it's in my, my DNA. However, the average person is not, you know, they don't have the ability to have that roller coaster and somehow keep it together all the time. Because think about it. If, 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 if we're in a very, if we're in a very competitive environment and we're killing it one month and we're like way past quota and we're doing really well and we're knocking it out of the park, you feel other people's energy, right? Like your, mm. your manager, your supervisor, your district manager, like, you know, upper management, like everybody is like, you're like mm. the cool kid, right? Like they're patting yeah. you on the back and you're a hero <laughs> and you're a heroine and, you know, like, like all eyes on you and it's, you know, and then in a matter of 24 hours, you know, you start the month and it's now the first of the new month. And you're back at zero, which is kind of normal, right? But then after a week, week and a half, you're looking yeah. around like, 
oh, this one's already at 20%. This one's already at 35%. You're struggling at like 8%. The, the fact that you can go from here to here in a matter of days and, and you're not going to get that same energy from the people that were like really beefing you up a week and a half ago, that's not normal. It's not. And, and most people have to really pull through to regulate themselves so that they're not go, they're not going to tank emotionally because a lot of people would, a lot of people would. And I'm saying this and I, because I'm, I, I, I'm admitting to you right now that it happened to me multiple times, multiple yeah. times. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that with me, right? Because it's pretty deep, right? But the regulate. And I think that's one thing that I've struggled to, you know, and I, 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 I've had those moments where I've kind of gone, I'm losing my shit. And now people might think on the outside, this guy's got it. Maybe they don't. Maybe they go, look, this guy's all over the shop, right? <laughs> but I'm, I'm pretty proud of myself that I maintained a certain level of performance over my career. But there were those days um, where I really thought, maybe this is it. Maybe my career in sales has come to an end. Maybe I rode the wave, you know, that imposter, I rode the wave. I was lucky, lucky, lucky. Maybe I've finally been found out, right? And I think that word regulate is so important. Um, what were some of the strategies that you used to work through that, you know, regulate that emotional state so that you didn't get to that point of, you know, what I call the oh fuck point, yeah, where it's kind of like, yeah, in the air, I'm done, right? Because that's where a lot of salespeople leave. Yeah, a lot of sales professionals actually leave the profession. They crash and burn because they get to that point. It's a it's a fine line where they go, I just can't do this anymore. The pressure's too much or I don't believe in myself and maybe I should change career or change role even, right? Go from yeah. one company to the next. So, yeah, we'd love to hear, you You know, what did you do to, to kind of manage that emotional state? When I started realizing the fact that I could not self-regulate <laughs> because I was so heavily invested in my career and in making sure that I wasn't going to be the only one on the team that wasn't going to hit quota. And if I was going to miss it, it was not going to be by many points, you know, because we all know in that kind of environment, mm. you're, you're pegged against your teammates. You know, you're supposed to be one happy bunch, right? Like the Brady yeah. bunch. <laughs> you're like secretly, like silently pegged against each other. So you're really competing against each other too. So for me, I guess my aha moment was when I realized that I was putting all of my eggs in one basket and I was working really hard and I was revamping my business plan and, and revamping my territory plan. Mm. And I was like looking at data and I was working mm. early in the morning and late at night. And, 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 and like, it, I was like a machine. And I realized that that didn't make a difference. It yeah. was just burning me out even faster and, and harder. And so for me, in order to self-regulate, I had to start looking at how I'm managing my time. And I had to start filling it with little things that make me feel full other than my job. And whether that was reading, going to yoga, spending more time like walking outside, going to the gym, talking to my friends, Sure, I was antsy and I wanted to get back to my, my laptop, right? And like, I want to go into mm. territory. I have more to do, more, one more call. <laughs> but when you, when you put all your stock in that one thing and you miss the mark, you crash and burn. But yeah. if you 
anchor in different things and, and people and, and things that you enjoy doing and, you know, hobbies, if you pepper that in along with your career, if your career misses the mark a little bit, you're still filling your cup with the other things externally. And that's, people have yeah. to realize that, how important that is. You know, it's absolutely, I, I, I got lost. I got lost in what you were saying there a little bit because I think, <laughs> you know, I think um, I'm just thinking back to, to moments of last year and, and moments of my career where work was everything, you know, like it was, there was no, there was no, absolutely nothing else mattered. And I say that because I'm such a family orientated guy. So that's really hard for me to say that. But, you know, I remember those times where I was so fanatical about my role um, where I forgot about other things and forgot to pepper in the things that actually kind of counterbalanced the role and allowed me to have that, to fill that cup. Um, so I think for anyone listening right now, if you wrote that point of, you know, things are tough or you're burning it and you're not achieving the results, just taking a step back. I'm hearing what I'm hearing you say is, is actually adding in things that are important to us to allow us that time to kind of de-stress a little bit and come back to it with a different perspective. It's so true. I was just giving this advice to somebody today who called me for a pep talk before an interview. <laughs> and, and I said, he had an interview this afternoon. And I said to him, you have a couple of hours. It was like 1130. I'm like, you have a couple of hours between now and three o'clock. What are you going to do? He's like, I got to make calls. I got like, no, 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 no. I'm like, here's what I want you to do. I know that between now and three o'clock, you can find 20 to 30 minutes. I'm like, what do you like to do? Anything. Walk this, that. He's like, I love to read. And I thought he was going to tell me like a sales yeah. book or something. <laughs> so, but he, he promised me that he would read or just sit outside or whatever. And I said to him, it's not like hocus pocus. Like you will come yeah. back and be refreshed and ready for your interview. And it's not just that. It's, it's sales too. You, mm. There's got to be balance. If, you're, if you drive yourself into the ground, you're not going to get better results. You're going to burn out. Yep. And you're going to be miserable. And I know that because I was, I was. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. And this is awesome, Michelle. And I'm, I'm getting a lot, I'm getting, I'm getting jacked just listening to this because I look at like right now I'm in a position, um, you know, mentally, I think I feel like I feel the best I felt for a while. Right. And, 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 and not, you know, going out that I've had, I've had some bad moments or anything like that, but, and I'm big on mindset. Right. But I, I feel great in myself because I went back 2020 was just kind of one of those years that was just, an, I think for everybody it was an interesting year, right? But things that I didn't do last year that I'd always focused on was my health, like getting to the gym. And I know for a lot of people, the gym shut, but um, I've made it, I've got my wind trainer outside for when we had a lockdown, you know, two weeks ago, it's become a non-negotiable for me. I'm like, right. The non-negotiable is getting up each day, getting those positive endorphins training, eating right listening to some music, not because I'm a big podcast, audible, for, I, may, I, I, I get my Google home. I'm like Avicii, Calvin Harris, things that, ins, you know, inspire me to have that creative um, thoughts, right? Yeah. I'm listening to music when I get up. I'm getting my training going. I'm eating well. I fucking feel good, right? Yeah. Like mentally, yeah. physically, I'm getting more energy. And I don't know, like I think the things that you're saying right now, for anyone listening, it's, just get back to those basics, right? These, you know, fill that cup with things outside of what we do and allow us to create the energy that we need to be successful. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Like all the things that you just mentioned that fill your cup and make you feel like a million dollars. 
not literally, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You can't replicate that by blowing out your quota and getting pats on the back <laughs> and a bigger bonus check. Because at the mm. end of the day, if you want to compare apples to oranges, you can't compare that endorphin rush and that feeling of being yeah. alive and strong and healthy and powerful to, oh, wow, I'm at 120%. I am invincible. It's never going to match. It never will. I don't care if you work 50 hours a day, you're never going to get that kind of a high that you're going to get from filling your cup and filling your soul with what it needs and what you need yeah. ever. Nope. It's, it's such an interesting discussion, right? Because in one, in one part, you know, which we're helping sellers be the best they can be. And as part of that, you know, the, the, the key metric that sellers measure we measure ourselves success off is hitting our target, right? That's a trickle down effect from upper yeah. level management because they have to answer to, to, to shareholders and they've got to answer to the people yeah. that are above them and shit rolls downhill. Yeah. And if they, if they would have enough faith in their people and really practice what they preach and make an example of what work-life balance looks like and an inclusive environment and, 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 a, and a healthy culture, they would have teams of people that would be busting their ass, mm. blowing it out, you know, hitting it out of the park, happy. And like you said, feeling strong, feeling energetic, having their cups full, and they would be selling like that. And prospects and clients would be feeling that energy from them and it would, it would change everything. But when you hammer down at people, and you're breathing down their neck if they miss a sale or if they they don't do 50 calls a day and why isn't it in your CRM? If that is supposed to motivate people, those sales leaders really should find other jobs because they suck. And I'm going to yeah. say it right now. Find another job because that's not leading. That's using fear. And that's yeah. not going to cut it, especially now after this pandemic. It's not. Mm. But I think... You know, as I hear this, right, again, I, I'm going, I can do both. I can, I, can, I can create an environment for myself that enables me to create that energy because that's what, you know, ultimately great selling is a, is a transference of energy that allows, it unlocks incredible buying experiences, right? Because that's what our job is. We facilitate people. We facilitate a process and help people arrive at a point of decision. Absolutely. Right. And that energy that we bring allows us to create that, that process. And I think, you know, one of the things that I've heard from this, and it's been awesome because I fucking feel good like listening to this, yeah. right? But one of the things that I'm hearing from this is, you know, creating that environment, creating that right, that right energy doesn't just come from working 15, 12 hours a day. It's actually knowing when to regulate and when to stop and go, you know what? It's time for me to put my AirPods on and go for a walk and listen to a bit of Avicii or ACDC, whatever music you want that you're into, right? I mean, I'm, a, I'm an Avicii guy. I've got his records over there. I love him, right? Um, you know, or, you know, reading that book or talking to a friend or, you know, doing something that allows you to disconnect for a moment and then come back with a greater level of clarity. So I think this, is, this has been absolutely awesome, Michelle. And I think... A lot of sellers need to hear this right now. This is a message that is fun, you know, absolutely key because there's a lot of people stuck at home. Yeah. They're working in an environment 
and it's been quite highly, you know, stressed. And I think the other other stress that's that's happening is the is the stress of the unknown. Think about it, Luigi. If 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 and this is a common phrase that's used in the sales community all the time. I see it every day. It's about the long game, right? It's about creating mm. relationships, connections, relationships, partnerships. If it's really about the long game, if you have a bad day or a bad week, you've got to be able to take a look in the mirror and say, what do I need to do today mm. to refuel so that tomorrow is a better day? Having a bad day doesn't erase everything that you've accomplished yeah. up until that point. You have God willing tomorrow. And, and what you said before, and I'll just, just add to this real quick. It's not just about the culture and about being supportive and filling your cup and taking timeouts. Obviously, I, I care a lot about metrics. I always have. There's got to be a good process in place. Mm. But it's a nice balance of both. That's all I'm trying to say. You know, not leading out of fear supporting your people, having an open door policy, not making it difficult for people to access you or talk to you, yeah. you know, not just the once a month, like, let's sit down and let me tell you where you fell short and I liked your clothes and I'll see you next <laughs> month. No, no. If, if you're in it to lead, you got to lead and you yeah. got to support the people and you got to show them that you've been there, you've done that, you've carried the bag and you're ready to go. Yeah. And I think, you know, what the, the messages that are coming out of this particular conversation for both leaders and sales professionals is, is really, really compelling. And, you know, I'm going to go back and listen to this again, because I think parts of this conversation, I got a bit lost in, in what you were saying and really started <laughs> thinking about, because yeah, I've, I've got this renewed sense of, I've got, I've got such energy that I haven't felt in a long time. And I'm, I'm pretty proud of my work ethic. Like I think I can work as hard as any other seller. I can outwork my competition. Right. But I think what I fell into, I fell into a zone of, outworking my competition, but I'm actually not producing much because I wasn't effective. I was busy. Um, I was doing a lot of stuff, but the quality of what I was producing wasn't high. And I think because I've, I've just made a few subtle changes to my routine, man, I'm getting up earlier and I've got more energy, right? Let me ask you, let me ask you a question though. Yes. You, said something, you, you said something just now that really struck a chord with me. Not, not good or bad. It just made me think yeah. of something because this came up with a, a client that I worked with a few months ago, a coaching client. You said that you wanted to outperform your competition, right? Yeah. If you are only seeing what your competition is, is accomplishing on, on, from a surface level, you know, like they've already closed X amount of deals and they've got this amount of clients and you're trying to catch up or, or you know, pass them, so to speak, you're not looking at not you, you like you generally. Yeah, speaking, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We're not, we're not, we're not seeing the whole picture. It, it, think about like it's like only seeing the ice cap in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, you yeah. don't see everything underneath that. These could have been accounts that he or she was was cultivating for three years, yeah. and all of a sudden they just popped all around the same time. And it's so easy for us to look outside and, and, and just take things on a surface level and be like, oh my God, what am I doing wrong? Like, how come I can't catch up? What's he doing? What's she doing? Why are they better than me? Look how hard yeah. I work. No, no, I, I, totally, I, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. And I think that's the thing though, right? I think when you're in it, you don't, the perspective is a bit different. And so pulling yeah. yourself out. So look, I've, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed our chat, Michelle. I think, Thank you know, you. we could continue down this path. I think there's another episode here that we need to do because I think, totally. you know, this has been awesome. But before we, we finish up, 
where can our listeners engage, connect, and learn more about you? I'm on LinkedIn, you know, just yeah. as Michelle Hecht, obviously. Uh, I'm on Instagram as uh, the Phoenix Rises 2021. The Phoenix Rises, all right. Well, yeah, I mean, that is that is my spirit animal, and that just yeah. exemplifies me to a T, because, man, have I crashed and burned I can't even, I can't count anymore how many times I have, but I come back with a vengeance. So, <laughs> and then I'm also on Clubhouse, which is uh, Phoenix Rising. So yeah, right. think of the Phoenix and you will find me. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to do a Clubhouse with you. But look, I want to say thanks for coming on the Sales IQ podcast. Appreciate the content you put out and the energy, you know, I felt your energy, I feel your energy through your, your posts. And uh, I just want to say thanks for the contribution you make to our community you're helping elevate the profession and helping sellers be the best they can be. So thanks again, Michelle. That means a lot for me. I appreciate it.